Welcome to Signal Fire Radio, a show about ambitious leadership for ambitious leaders, where each and every day we set out to destroy the villainous philosophy of self-doubt by having encouraging conversations that are designed to feed your mind, strengthen your body, enrich your spirit, and nurture your relationships. Our guest today is Rich Cardona, owner of Rich Cardona Media, where he talks about what not to do and how to build the most important capital for your business, social capital right here on Signal Fire Radio. You are joining the number one rated podcast and radio show as voted on by my daughters, Madeline and Olivia. I have with me two amazing co-hosts to my left, a very good friend, the sensei, the Bodhi himself, Mr. Matt Mylot. Matt, how are you doing today? Great, thank you. Great. I do have a question. Are our daughters ever going to be able to vote? Because Maddie and Liv vote every time. Actually, great question. Yes. They should get a vote. Okay. But so, I only have one daughter. That's not fair. Your son can vote, too. Okay. He's cute. He's cute. And that <laughs> luxuriously silky voice that you just heard is Evan the Muscle Hamster Anderson. Ev, how you doing today, man? I'm, I'm thrilled, as usual. We call him the Muscle Hamster because he... Well, just tell him what are you what are you bench pressing right now, dude? Uh, I don't right now. Right now, nothing. I mean, I'm you know we're doing a podcast. You know, probably. if you're hitting a wad, what are you going to bench press? <laughs> well, since I I am a dogmatic power lifter, I guess I would have to say 325. What makes you a dogmatic power lifter? Because I don't do anything else really. <laughs> I I love uh you know strongman style conditioning. Yeah. But I, I think CrossFit wads um are are poorly done yeah. a lot of the time. Okay. And I don't have an issue with the workouts as a standalone, but in terms of programming, they don't do that well. We're gonna have my wife Jen on at some point. She's gonna talk to you about rhabdo because I'm I'm probably sure that you've lived in it at some point. Where well, you've gotten we've it. all been to Iraq. So okay, it's, you know I'm gonna go with a strong probably. All right, all right. <laughs> enough sh- enough shenanigans. <laughs> Let's chat about what we're actually here to talk about. If this is your first time joining us on Signal Fire, we want to welcome you. What we are is a group of three veterans, and I'm not going to say it. Just say what you are, Evan. What what have we coined you as? I forget every time. Every Currently time. serving veterans. CSV. 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 Matt has the worst memory of all of us and is the only one who remembers no, it. No, 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 no. I have the worst short-term memory. My long-term memory, well, this doesn't qualify, but yeah. my long-term memory is what's always on fleek. So, so uh, <laughs> Short-term memory on fleek? <laughs> fleek. <laughs> so Evan is a currently serving veteran. So what that means is he is still on active duty. Correct. Matt uh, had to get an age waiver to be on the show because he was born before us, and so we have to make fun of you for that. And uh, so the three his, of us his represent— social security number is, is less numbers than does it. Does it start with a zero? Is, does it, I'm are from they California. It starts order? with a six. <laughs> Mine too, bro. <laughs> You're from California, bro. <laughs> Gnarly. So anyways, the three of us represent about, I don't know, 20, 25 years' worth of military experience combined, and— um, there has been an extreme focus, I think, through social media and, and other outlets about people like Matt and I who came through and transitioned and tried to reassimilate into the, the greater population and didn't necessarily do it successfully. We've talked about Matt's story. Matt's, Matt's transition was awful. A nightmare. A nightmare. Just a hot mess. I got to do it a little bit better. Um, but we know that there's hundreds of thousands of people that are leaving the Army, leaving the Marines every single day that, right. that don't really put as much thought into it as is necessary. So this serves as a platform for us to be able to bring on some amazing guests that can help give real constructive DIY stuff that can assist people in transitioning. Because here's what we know, Evan, and we've, we've talked about this at length and have kind of ran this into the ground, we can see a direct correlation between transition success, and if you're watching us, on, or if you're listening to us on radio, I'm doing the air quotes, um, transition success and quality of life after sure. the military. Setting the tone. Right, exactly. And so what Signal Fire is based on, it's based on four principal tenets that mind, body, spirit, and tribe those four components have to be in alignment to achieve a life of purpose and a life of meaning. And so that's what we do. We talk about it, but we, we don't just talk about it. We live it, um, and we put these things into action. So, gentlemen, thank you so very much for being here with me again so we can chat about this. Thank you. Thank you. Juiced. Now, Matt, how did you and I meet? Um, 
I mean, it was like Tinder and LinkedIn yeah. at the same time. Yes, yes. It was a, it was adult Tinder for business people. <clears throat> Facebook with CEOs. Facebook with CEOs. I like that. We met on LinkedIn, did we not? We did. So I use LinkedIn, and I historically have for the last four or five years since I've been in like basically the private sector, mm-hmm. just to really identify you know, people's roles within organizations and then potentially connect and then get their contact information. Well, you know, Rob started gracing my feed presence with <laughs> beautiful Rich Cardona Media videos. Oh, God, it's good. And, you know, they they speak for themselves. You, you sure. watch 60 seconds and you're like, that was a great that's, 60 seconds spent. All, all that needs to be watched. Yeah, so, so I – and for somebody that has zero social media experience. Um, and a very low attention span. Very – wait, what did you say? <laughs> Chicken. So I, I just made a couple of random comments over a couple of weeks and, you know, he saw the scarlet and gold on, on my LinkedIn account and um, he requested to link up maybe and get a coffee. And my response was, I, I don't really meet up for coffee, but we can meet up for water or beer. And uh, I declined. Met- I declined on the water. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I did. We have shared the story about how I thought I was getting catfished. Yeah. You know, before. Yeah. Because Matt's profile picture on LinkedIn had like this real full rich red beard of the Irishman that he is. And I show up on the patio of Poe's Tavern out here at Wrightsville Beach, and he doesn't have the beard. He's yeah. like, I see this guy popping his head up. He's he like, looks hey, like a, a 24-year-old guy in the tech industry all of a sudden. I know. Oh, that's the sweetest thing you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll put a little marker down on that, too, because your profile picture did not reflect the human that you are today. And one of the things we're going to talk about with our guest, Rich Cardona, who I've grown extremely close with, over the past eight or nine months and just respect him so much personally and professionally. We're going to talk about personal branding and we're also going to talk about network and how those two things play into kind of the four tenants that we talk about regularly here on the show. Now, Evan, how did you and I meet? Through LinkedIn. Did we? We sure did. Adult, adult Tinder. Adult Tinder slash Facebook with CEOs. Now, I think, I think your story, our story, our origin story, if you will, is a little bit more interesting than Matt and I's because, you know, we just, I think Matt and I, our relationship developed not more slowly. That's not the right word. We hit it off immediately. But I feel like you have been on this roller coaster. You came into my life uh, when I was in a flow state and, and Matt had already been kind of put on that roller coaster with me in the flow state. So I'm going to let you tell the story. So you hit me up on LinkedIn. Yeah. Go. Yeah, so I, I sent you a message, which was personalized, of course. Yes, of course. you don't personalize your messages, no with one's no going to sales. So you added a note. I added a note. Well, you know? we had already been connected probably, I would think. No, I don't think so. No, okay, okay. No, no, so, but I, I started noticing your content through a mutual connection. Um, <clears throat> it, it might be Mary-Kate. It could have been someone else. Um, she's nails, by the way. She's she's the best. Um and I started noticing your content and just your your positivity and how much passion you had for for the work that you were doing. And I was like, well, you sell, you, you work for an insurance company, but you have this much passion for your life. Because to me, those two things don't connect. Mm-hmm. And you make the comparison a lot that a lot of the people in the insurance industry, you know, it's like it's like old guys. And right. That's it's not the energy. It's not the hey, I'm I'm you know filming on these brick steps. I'm filming in this cool location, talking about things that that might matter to you personally, not trying to pitch you, you know, a term plan. And that that resonated with me just from the passion that came out, you know, in your voice and in your content. Right. So I sent you a message, kind of told you that, and you were like, call me. And I think I called you that same day. Okay. And we had a conversation for probably, you know, half an hour. Yeah. And um, through that that 30 minutes, I was like, yeah, this is- Were you both giddy? Were you we were, giggling? We were giddy. giddy. Well, you know how when you just hit it off with somebody, you know what that feels like, Matt. Obviously, you felt that with me, but um, and most most people do, you know, that meet me in person. I'm just joking. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going way too far right now. It's late in the night. <laughs> but Evan, um, you, I had asked you a couple of questions. I said, so what's what's your plan? Like, what are you going to do next? And and I asked you a little bit about your background. Do you remember like the details of that conversation? You know, honestly, I don't okay. because I think now as it's as is as is still true, I don't really know like what my plan is. Mm-hmm. I know what I don't want to do, but I don't really know what, what it is for sure that I want to do. I, I remember asking you a very specific question. Well, I asked you about what it was that you did okay. in Army, and uh, shout out to Arrested Development, Buster Bluth, <laughs> joining Army, Dad. Um, 
and and you said you wanted to go to Columbia. Well, mm-hmm. first you told me what you did in the army. Explain right. explain to people what it is that you do in the army for you know for those that don't know what a cyclops does. So uh, a cyclops, yeah. So um, basically, in information support operations, we we work either with foreign governments or we work with embassies of different countries in order to try and support their their nation's governments with the overall goal of helping the U.S. to reach its objectives, which is to create those partnerships in other countries and, and create a safer world for all of us to live in. So for the millennials that are watching this, you're, you're trying to make the United States uh, an influencer, an Instagram influencer. Yes. Is that right? Hashtag that's influence. That's right? what it boils down to. You know, and, and um, influences in every type of media, mm-hmm. you know, and I've, I've been fortunate enough to have some specialization, you know, also air quotes right. with, with digital media and with social media and understanding the importance of how that plays into everything. You right. can look over the last 10 years and see how, how important that is with, with you know, the, the negative and the positive. Yeah. So you told me all that, and then the next question I asked you was, well, are you, are you seeking out any internships? Do you remember that? No. Yeah, I yeah. I, was I, don't, like, I don't remember that. I was like, okay, well, are you planning on taking – I asked you about the Honor Foundation. You said yes, you know, I'm absolutely – And I think by then I'd already been accepted for my, yeah, my yeah. DOD skill bridge, my career skills you program. Had, you Shout had. out to Services Software, nice. my people. SAS. Um, so you got SAS, my lot. I'm, I'm, yeah, I was Thank super you. and excited to to share that with you. And you were like, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, because a lot of people don't take advantage of that. So I asked you, are you take, are you going to take some internships? And you said, yeah, I'm absolutely going to look at some internships. And Matt and I had just had the conversation a couple days earlier um, about getting interns for for Signal Fire. Mm-hmm. We hadn't even we weren't even a legally formed entity at that point, right? And it was in that immediate moment that I pivoted. And I said, dude, can I tell you about a side project? Don't I'm say that word. Pi- oh, I know. We, we don't like pivot. We don't like synergy. What else? What else? Disruptive Dis- times. Dis- challenging times. We don't say any of those. Challenging times and influencers. So I turned. <laughs> Shifted? I, yeah. I, no! I, no? I, I took our conversation Change to a place direction. about cha- whatever. All yeah. right. Now I'm going to be overthinking it about Signal Fire. Right. And the mission and vision. And I remember asking you. Do you have any interest in helping us do this? And here you are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think like like four days later, we were four days later, we you were we were, we were Blue Water we were, Grill. We were hashing it out. Getting to know each other. Yeah. Getting to know each other. Uh Matt had on a great pair of socks and shoes that day. Yeah. It was it was epic. Yep. NorCal. And and again, <laughs> I feel like I got catfished yeah. because when I connected with him on LinkedIn a mere week before. He had a beard. He did. He did. <laughs> and then I see this this clean shaven, square jawed, this Herculean, Herculean just chested hunk before you. Well, so I, we tell. I'm telling that story because you know, I work with Rich Cardona, and he's going to be our guest here in just a few minutes. And he is the one who taught me about personal brand. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm only telling that story about our origin because without LinkedIn. And the work that I did on LinkedIn, this doesn't happen. Sure. And without Rich pushing me, and he really pushed me outside my comfort zone to do what it is that I do on social media. So without Rich and his business partner, Eliza, this doesn't happen. So what we're going to dissect and we're going to get into and discuss more deeply is what what is the importance of personal brand as you are exiting the military or – after you've gotten out, what's the importance of personal brand going forward? And, you know, Rich has got just encyclopedic knowledge about algorithms and, and all the nerdy things that you, you geek out about, Evan, when it comes to social media. <laughs> that but, is everything. But more importantly, like, what, what is the tool used for? Because it is a tool. Right. And you get into it what you get out of it. So on the other end of the break, we're going to talk with Rich from Rich Cardona Media um, just, you know, Evan, give us one more thing in, in about a minute or less, like from, from the time, cause you made a personal commitment. I mean, you told me you made a personal commitment to being, to showing up on LinkedIn a little bit more right? and using that as a part of your transition. Yeah. How has your life changed since you made that decision? Um, I, I would put it in the top three things that have benefited me the most for my transition. Okay. And, and Garrett Harrell put up a great post my the other dude, week. Shout um, out to Garrett Harrell. Shout out to Garrett. Southern Cross Leadership Solutions. Um, SEL. You know, he put out a phenomenal post the other day about how we 
um, particularly in the soft community, this, the special operations forces community, are hesitant to to have a presence on social media, right? Because of the nature of our operations and our work. Um, so it's it's kind of that that deliberate discomfort, you know, what we've talked about before, and getting getting into um, something that you're not comfortable with. But to me, establishing that LinkedIn presence has been so important because it has opened so many doors. Not today, Russia. Not today. Not today. Not today, <laughs> Iran. But you know, it's allowed me to become a part of Signal Fire. Yeah. It has connected me with with coaches and mentors and employment opportunities and volunteer opportunities. And things that otherwise, you know, I don't have any other sort of social media, so I, I'm I'm not connected with those. You're types huge of on TikTok, I hear. I'm I'm, I'm you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you heard that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I don't. Um, you know, without without that that presence on LinkedIn and without the willingness to get yourself out there and to connect with people and to, you know, I don't really create content, right? But. I engage with other people's content yeah. and it's gotten me some really positive feedback and it's gotten me some, some informational interviews with companies that are doing awesome things. And it's gotten me looked at from potential employers and, and people who I have, who I've taken on as, as mentors. And, and I've even had the opportunity to pay it forward, you know, going through the, the tap classes on posts, mm-hmm. connecting with people on LinkedIn and being able to just blast them a bunch of links and, and, um, for me, mentorship has been the single most important thing for my transition. Right. But LinkedIn is probably the second most Love important it. thing that I've done. Love it. Awesome. Well, we're going to bring on uh, the guru, the man who sits at the top of the LinkedIn mountain, at least in my life um, and here locally. He's a gentleman by the name of Rich Cardona, Marine Corps veteran, 17 years, flew Hueys, and has just an amazing story. So stick with us. We'll be right back after a quick break right here on Signal Fire Radio. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Signal Fire Radio. <laughs> Matt, question of the day. Send it. You ready? Yep. Of all citrus flavors that could be added to a beer, which is best? Blood orange. Mmm. Sorry, Matt. We were actually looking for grapefruit. Grapefruit, grapefruit. was the correct answer. Don't forget, when you're watching this show, to use the hashtag, Matt is never right. <laughs> Wait, we, is it Matt? Is Matt's always wrong? Matt's or, always wrong. Matt is never right. It changes every it's show. It's both, Matt. What does it matter? Because you're never, <laughs> never right. What does it matter at this point? Matt, I'm pumped about our guest. Um, we have, to my right, who somebody who's quickly become one of my favorite people in the whole entire world because he's, he's one of the most honest people I've ever met. True. He uses the term unflinchingly honest, and yeah. I just, I freaking love that. But he has helped me in so many meaningful ways get a business up off the ground. You know, I've, I've, I've experienced great success in the insurance agency because of him. Signal Fire Media has happened, I think, a lot in part because of him. So, Rich, man, welcome to the show. How you feeling today? Buddy? I'm feeling good. This is uh, – I'm so impressed right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking around at the setup. It's what I aspire to have on my own at some point. But yeah. it's just like the vibe is so good. Uh, I don't think you're far off, Rich. Like, like from having this, though. To be honest, yeah, so. your man cave is has got crazy sex appeal. <laughs> I thought you had a studio. You've even got like the the like the reddish red light, light the, like oh, like Jocko or so like Joe Rogan it's, it's going. Ball, on. It's, it's it's superbly balling on a budget. I promise. You. I, I do. Wanna Rob add, was in there, man. It was yeah. like we were. It, it was like we were basically almost making out. It was sick. <laughs> yeah, but you know, because you know what's funny about that, right? Is like video is about. It creates theater, you know, and you can block out the things that you don't want people to see. What's great about this, the setup in Rich's office at his home is like we're on one of those TV trays is like he's got all of his equipment like right between the two of us. And just this awesome camera and this beautiful lighting and the backdrop with the medals and the, 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 number, well, the well, number one comment I got on that was, hey, man, where'd you get all those medals? And I'm oh, like, you must do a lot of 5K. Yeah, that's like, that's <laughs> they thought, me, it, they thought it was Rob. <laughs> I thought you were, I did not think that's what you were about to say. I thought you were about to say, everyone was saying, dude, what do you put in your hair? <laughs> it's like unbelievable on camera. That's the, that's the next show. It's, it's hair it's, care tips from Rob. It's it's pretty incredible. Yeah. So, man, you, like I said, I, I owe an awful lot to you. And I'm I'm glad that you're here. 
because I think what you have opened my eyes to is the power of using social media for what it's meant to be used for. So talk about, give us like your journey. And, and I've, I've heard you say it a million times and I love hearing it every single time. So just start us at, at, on the yellow footprints and just kind of take us to now. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, I'll, I'll make the Marine part pretty quick, but the yellow footprints, uh, I, I always say when I was a junior in high school and I did the debt program, delayed entry program for anyone who doesn't know, that was like my first actual moment of self-awareness. I didn't know it, but I was a complete POS <laughs> <laughs> and I had no idea what was going on. Um, I was doing a lot of things high school kids do that are illegal and bad. And I just, there's no way I was going to go to college. My parents probably couldn't afford for me to go to college, especially because my sister, who was one grade above me, was like a straight A student. And she was incredible. And uh, I, yeah, I, I was the other I one. I see Sue and Umberto just yeah. like, Wait, yeah, man. <laughs> so, so I was like, all right. And then I, dude, I, it was like such a used car Marine Corps salesman pitch that I got. And the only reason we talked is because I think I went to the Navy office first. And of course they weren't there. And then um, I went to, <laughs> and right next door was the Marines. And then uh, one of my friend's dad was a Marine. I seen him in uniform once. And I just, dude. I'll never, ever forget, like, the first time you see someone in, like, dress blue deltas. And I was like, holy crap, like, this is ridiculous. So go in there, talk to them. And he said, so let's say there's a hostage situation. I don't think I've ever told this story. No. Let's say there's a hostage situation. Okay. He goes, um, he goes, the Air Force, they're just going to try and drop a bomb on the building or something like that. And they'll see what happens. And I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I, I was like, I don't know what's going on right now. And then he goes, the Navy, he goes, the Navy, the Navy... <laughs> It's a, the Navy's going to try and go through the back door. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's good. Uh, he said the army, the, he's like, the army's going to send in a platoon or I don't know what, blah, blah, blah. He goes, the Marines, he goes, we're going right through the front. And I was just like, okay. Now, I, I was, I, he's just trying to show that they're just superb. They're not afraid. Yeah. They like, like to take the fight to them and not wait for the fight, et cetera. And I was like, okay. So anyway, uh, joined, went, uh, was enlisted for a while. I was, I was very average enlisted, um, in my opinion, but I got to the point where I was on, on Edson Range for as a coach, a marksmanship coach. Eventually, I just kind of put my name in the hat to be a primary marksmanship instructor because I was just like, dude, like my initial qual rate for my recruits is ridiculous. Yeah. I took data books home for recruits and would like write notes in them and just analyze them. And I loved it. And I never shot a weapon, dude. I almost unked when I was in boot camp. So I was like, I don't want anyone to unk. Like, yeah. dude, we all need to be experts. We're a rifleman first, right? So I took that job very seriously, became a PMI. That went really well. And I applied for this program called Boost, broadened opportunity for officer selection. It doesn't even exist anymore. And it was for minorities uh, who were not afforded the same opportunities as others, or I don't know what. Well, dude, we went, it was like, I was Colombian Honduran. My friend Nick was Puerto Rican. There was a couple, uh, black, uh, you know, Marines in there. And then the rest were just like from Kansas, <laughs> you know, like just really rural parts of the Midwest. Yeah. It was 41 of us, Newport, Rhode Island. It's like literally three tri or it's, it's, what is it? Three trimesters. Is that redundant? Yeah. So, so whatever. So we just basically do your last half of your college, uh, your, your senior year in high school and your essentially a first half of your, uh, college freshman year did all that. And then you automatically go to MESEP. Well, I ended up going to community college, got straight A's there because I didn't get into Florida State where I wanted to go, went to Florida State. All that's time in service. Okay. So like when we say 17 years, dude, like I was like having a good time in the middle of that somewhere. Right. right? So did that and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I just kind of heard like, just put in for an aviation contract because otherwise when you go to TBS, like they'll pick what they want for you. And I was like, an aviator? Dude, I never in a, in, in a million years like thought of me being behind the controls of some thing in the sky. Multi-million dollar machine, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never. So I took the test. I was like, wow, I can't believe I passed. I did my flight physical, flying colors, no big deal. And then that was it. Went to TBS and went to flight school. Eventually flew Hueys. And uh, again, like, and, and this is not... I'm not trying to be self-deprecating, but I just never felt like I was up to speed. Sure. Uh, you know, compared to my peers. But I will I will say this. In the enlisted side and in the officer side, I was just surrounded by just supremely, ridiculously unselfish people who were just smart, who could party their faces off, but yeah. like still do the job. And I was always that guy who was like, 
like for me, it's one or the other. So I was like totally like wanted to be with my friends and wanted to have that bond, but I wanted to get good at my craft and I never took either of those overly serious. So I, I didn't, I would say I was, that's why I was completely middle of the road. Yeah. Uh, and that's it, man. So I, I, after that, I just was like, I need to retire early. I had a seizure by the way, uh, during a half marathon, like a couple months after Afghanistan and they're like, you can't fly. And I'm like, okay. The moral to that is don't run half marathons. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so that kind of took me out of flying. And then I was just in this weird situation where I was going to get crappy order somewhere. So I um, was like, I need to retire early. The Marine Corps doesn't have a recruitment problem. I always say to people. So that opportunity presented itself. I was like, okay, I could get out at 17. I'll go get my MBA from USC and I'll pay out of pocket. We just talked about this. It was mm -hmm. completely ridiculous mistake, um, but it's fine. And I was like, okay, now I'm ready to transition. Like I, I had the sixth sense that like this transition is no joke. Right. Like it didn't matter that I flew a $24 million aircraft. It didn't matter that I was getting an MBA from this private institution. It didn't matter that I did 17 years. It didn't matter that I led Marines. I'm like, I just have a feeling this is going to be way more difficult than I thought. And it proved to be exactly that. Yeah. Let's go back to something real quick because um, you talked about when you were a PMI, you went above and beyond mm -hmm. to get people qualified. Yeah. And and I think that's something that you live by today too. I've seen you do it in in our professional uh, correspondence with one another. Is that the first time that you felt like, you know, you really went over the top to provide service that didn't it didn't really benefit you? I mean, do you get paid more because you're putting more people through? <laughs> like you're still going to get whatever E5 pay, you know? My commanding officer at my retirement said uh you know he he, he knew my story he talked about how my father came here when my father was 21 years old and he goes you know his father recognized that there was something up to this american dream and that is accessibility you have accessibility to anything you want so i'm like if i outperform everyone at an even higher level than i am right now and i put my name in the hat and i let people know what i want to do which we'll circle back to that because that's all linkedin is about right who knows what you want to do and why you want to do it. So I just kind of started doing that. And the reason I went above and beyond is like the more opportunities I create for myself, the more access I have to bigger and better things. And it's kind of going to open my mind. Um, but that's, that's why I did it, man. And just because dude, it was really fun helping recruits yeah. like pin on expert. Yeah. Like that's amazing. That's a, it was really, really fun, man. It was a grind. You're out in the sun all day summer summertime is summer crunch because everyone graduated high school so you're out there with six relays i mean dude it was brutal and but... you've got an awful tan line from the cover that you're wearing like <laughs> like hey i'm not a marine i swear <laughs> like nice yeah yeah i can't even yeah you know one of the things that that you know we talk about a lot on this show is uh based off the principle of post-traumatic growth from a, a book written by uh, ken falk called struggle well yeah Carson and, talks about it. Yeah, that, yeah, Carson talks about oh. it. All. He's the one who put me on it, yeah, man. And he, I read it, and I or he he sent it to me, and I read it in a day because you know how we're. I think you know military. We're very process oriented. We're very linear, and it's got five five things that it talks about. You do to to achieve the the post traumatic growth. You educate. You disclose. You regulate. Those are the first three, and then you write your new story, and then number five is acts of service. You wrote your own story, hmm. you know, you went to work for Amazon, you were miserable, and then you were just like, forget it, man. I'm going to do my own thing. Pick us up at that point in your life and, you know, I mean, talk to us about what you and Ann were going through. You were miserable, and then you just committed to doing your own thing. Like, give us yeah, give us that story. Look, it's, it's just about 24 hours ago. Ann and I were kind of rehashing some of this, man. I was a complete just deadbeat. You know what I mean? Like, husband, father. I was a workaholic, so I could be noticed, even though I was moving the needle so much. I was just like, what's happening here? Like, what, what's holding me back? And it was something about my personality. And one thing I did notice, this is completely my opinion to anyone who's listening. I just feel like there's some organizations that will really ride the, the veteran coattails because they know we are just like ridiculous. Right. And somehow you see people get advanced differently and it just doesn't make sense you're like the the veterans clearly the top performer here in multiple ways and i don't mean me i'm talking about other people i've seen some senior military officers who i like just got let go and in, in the craziest ways 
Uh, but anyway, I was in a dark, dark place, man. Like whenever I drank, it would get blackout drunk. Like I'm, I'm that guy who's just like, why? Leo McGarry says this in West Wing. He's like, why would I want one when I could have 20? <laughs> like, dude, I was, I was that guy. Yeah. Like hardcore, like calling my friends crying, yeah. you know, like saying crazy stuff, thinking about my friends I lost and all this other stuff. It was just like, it was all bad. And you know why it was all bad? Because I let it. So whoever's listening to this, this is what you need to pick up. I knew on training day one, I was like, this is not for me. Yeah. This is not for me. Just a feeling? Yeah. Well, this feeling was confirmed about two weeks later. I'm driving. We're at our temporary facility. We're training in Ruskin, Florida. We have to be there by, I don't know, 6.15. So everyone's trying to get there at 5.45. And I'm on the highway. And I see these headlights pointing at me. And I'm like, it's still dark out. So there's headlights pointing at me. There's a car flipped over over there. And I'm like, holy crap. I saved myself right there. Yeah, you did. Good job. So, um, <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So I put my emergency lights on. And I wasn't thinking. I was just like, I need to help. I need to figure out what's going on. And I wasn't thinking. I'm like, I'm about to get crushed. So I somehow just like moved it. And I went in. There's this car that was flipped over. And there's this like co- older couple. They're trying to get out. So the thing's totally upside down. We open the back. And we, it's me, open the back. And then there's just like car screeching everywhere. Like my essay was so bad, but I'm just like trying to help. So things start calming down. A cop comes, you know, my car's out of the way. People are, you know, getting rallied to make statements and all this other stuff. And, and eventually I go to work and I'm like, shoot, I'm going to be late. All I could think about was I was going to be late. And I ran into two of my coworkers. Granted, we're kind of new coworkers, but like, dude, it's like, if I met you guys, like, I know this wouldn't happen. And they're just like, dude, yeah, we saw you. Is everything okay? And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that's deep. I'm like, you saw me. And I, I, I hashed this out with Ann. I'm like, what do you mean you saw me? Like, and you didn't stop. Yeah. Yeah. Like, dude, I always it's I don't know if it's a marine thing, but like I've always had this thing where if I see something like absolutely terrible happening, like my first instinct is always gonna be in trying to be like, what can I do? Right, run to it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's not like cliche, man. It's just like what would happen? Yeah. Like what they need help. So so I'll never forget that. So anyway, I cost myself those two years and, and I and I think I've mentioned this to you plenty of times. My financial advisor's like, you gotta hang in there four years. Cause of stock options. Yeah. That's never a good reason, man. Yeah. So, so we got to that point where, dude, it was just, it was awful. It was, it was debilitating uh, for all of us involved. And then my wife's like, you could quit. So we, dude, we moved in with my in-laws. We were, I was like, this will just take a couple months. It was about six months. Yeah. I kind of was figuring out my business. I didn't have a business. I was just looking into my curiosities. And then, and then away we go, man. Like then the real fun begins. <laughs> I told you guys he was a good storyteller. <laughs> We're going to pick this story up when we come back on the other end of the break because yeah, we've, we've, I think we've been talking about origin stories this entire time and we haven't really, unintentionally, but where your new beginnings really began is what's we're going to talk about on the back end of this break where Rich Cardona reinvented <laughs> himself. You literally wrote your new story and we'll pick up just on the other end of this break. Do not go anywhere. We'll be right back on Signal Fire Radio. Welcome back to Signal Fire Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, right here on Smooth Jazz. No, I'm just kidding. Matt, of all of the sublime family of bands, which is best? Sublime. Oh, he actually got the answer right this Matt time. Matt got one right. He got one right. Hashtag Matt is right this time. Welcome back to Signal Fire <laughs> Radio. We are with Rich Cardona from Rich Cardona Media, who has just been telling us an absolutely amazing story about where he was we're going to pick up now with where he he rewrote his own story and really put himself into what I think, dude, is your true purpose uh, from everything that I've seen and from our interactions. So you leave Amazon yeah, and man. gives you the green light. Yeah. Take us from there. So, uh, Matt, I think we're almost the same age, though. Don't feel bad. I think you guys are the exact same. I, I, yeah, I think I'm a, month, think a, month, younger. I'm a so, month younger than you. All right. So Matt like, has to have an age waiver to be on the show, by the way. <laughs> so if it were three years ago, could you imagine moving in with your parents or your in-laws' parents or a girlfriend's parents or whatever it is? Like, no, man. Like, yeah. it's not normal. But for whatever reason, guys, like, that was 
that next real moment of self-awareness. Like, I'm completely cool with this. I was like, I don't care what anybody thinks. I had no inhibitions about doing exactly what I needed to do. And it sounds like a cop-out. Like, cool, you don't have to work anymore or whatever. And you're leeching off your in-laws. Like, dude, no one wants that situation. Right. Dude. No one wants that situation. So all I did was I, I just I tapped into my curiosities. We went to Europe when we were on terminal leave years before that. I took like 7,000 pictures. So I'm like, I think I could be a photographer. And I was like quickly like, uh-uh. And then, dude, I was like trying to like make videos for people in this town called Blackstone, Virginia, where we were. There's 3,000 people in this town. We yeah. were just in Austin, right? Probably not a big market for... <laughs> and I think I was like told this lady I'd make videos for her. And she's like, I give you like 50 bucks a month. Dude, I'm a, <laughs> yeah, I'm a retired Marine, man. Like, I was like, okay. Like, did I get that deal? It was super humble. Uh, you know, I was super humble about it because I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And uh, I even made some promo video for this place called Steel Bangers Fitness. I have to find that video Steel for you guys. Bangers. Yeah, and, and straight and, up Evans. Google Alley. that, Evan. That's, yeah. I don't want Evan's that. Evans, good. Evan. like, but dude, I will Anne's look it doing up, like yeah. you know uh, ball bangers. twists, and, and, and I have Anne running on the treadmill. It's just like so ridiculous. And uh, I think I did that with iMovie. So uh, anyway, I started looking into filmmaking a little bit more because I'm like, there's a story aspect to this that I think I like better. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I, I wanted to. This was where everything really changed. I was like, I just want to talk to everyone who helped me along the way. And my friend Claude Silver, mentor, friend, like soul sister, uh, she's over at VaynerMedia. She's the chief heart officer there. So how many chief heart officers do you know? None, you yeah. know, so except maybe her. So I, she had kind of mentored me during this whole Amazon Austin thing. And she said, I mean, the simplest thing she ever said to me, which stuck like a ton of bricks was, you are more in the driver's seat than you think. I'm like, okay. And I didn't really get that until afterwards. So all I did was offer to do video for her because I'm like, dude, like Gary has content for the rest of like the millennium. Right. Right. He's good. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to like, worry about being. You are a special individual. Like I want to repay the favor. I, it, to me, it was like this big dramatic ask. Anne and I go to VaynerMedia. We're there on a Friday. It's like five and we're talking with her and Anne and her end up talking like a lot. And I'm just like, dude, I need to like get my pitch here, you yeah. know? Like, hello. So I end up basically trying to pitch her on it. And then she just like cuts me off. She's like, I trust you. I'm like, okay. Like in my mind, I'm like, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. Right. So, so uh, we start doing a little bit of that. And all I wanted to do was just literally show my gratitude for her because she helped me. And I believe that she belonged on camera. I went and filmed her on a couple panels and I noticed some of the people on the panels. I'm like, meshes them on LinkedIn. I'm like, if you ever need work, let me know. If you ever need work, let me know. Dude, this is New York City. We're in Blackstone, Virginia. I had to take a one hour, uh, it was a one hour drive to Richmond, six hours to New York. And then I would come back the same day a lot of times. I think I just put a video about that the other day. I was like, yeah. I'm not getting paid, you know, whatever. And it was like the true grind. It's like something you expect when you see someone who's 23 or 24. And I just gave zero Fs about it. I'm just like, I don't care. Like, this is what I need to be doing. And I was happy. So meeting, so filming her and meeting some of these other people just created more opportunities. Then someone's like, I'll give you 200 bucks if you could do this. I was like, yeah, can you come and do this? I'm like, okay. And then eventually I started getting paid. But what I realized was this. What we're doing right now is like my favorite thing to do, mm -hmm. right? Pull on what makes you valuable to this world. And I don't mean like, you know, like prove that you're worthy right. of being here. I mean, we all have something to bring here, right? We're all here for whatever reason it is. And I just don't think that people take that aspect serious enough. My wife is a regional director at, um, at a nonprofit for veterans. And I always hear her talking about how, you know, oh, Rich does this for LinkedIn and all this other stuff. And I'm like, and you are not on social media enough. I was like, if you think of it this way, if you really want to be helping people, you're not by not having a presence on there. Dude, I hope Jenna, <laughs> who's behind the glass, heard that too, because I tell her the exact same thing. Well, the speakers are on in here. Okay, good. All right, she's looking at me. Yeah, yeah, she sees me. So, like, and that's a great example because she's having conversations with veteran entrepreneurs. I mean, like, endless and endless and endless conversations. She could tell you right now if she came in here, you know, the top 10 problems she hears about all the time. It's right. cool. If you post about that and you walk through people through like what some good outcomes have been from that, then you're providing value. So we all have value to bring. And I always say, you know, it's visibility through value. No one's going to realize your value unless you're visible. So like, just get after it. Like we talked about traditional marketing yeah. and traditional marketing campaigns. 
I just got off the plane the other day, and there was a dude who State Farm, not the QR code fa- yeah. uh, State Farm guy, yeah. but another guy. It was his picture and his number and some one sentence ridiculousness. Right. I walk, I walk, I'm getting out. I see the baggage claim on the right, and then I see that same thing again. That is not personal branding. Like, not even close. Like, how are you depicting your 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 value to me in, by besides using a logo, a phone number, and some stupid picture of yourself? <laughs> I just don't get it. So, like, all that stuff clicks for me, man. Like, right. you ever look for... you, Dude, you guys are Marines. Anytime you see a military movie, you're, like, picking it apart. Oh, yeah. Dude, like, that's what I'm like when I, like, look at all these things, and I'm just like, dude, like... Do you really think that does anything? You can only suspend disbelief for so long before. <laughs> so storytelling, doing it for executive. And then eventually I figured out my target market, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, I mean, it's, I'd like to make margins on this thing. Yeah. So executives and CEOs, because a lot of people don't know what happens behind closed doors. Like that there's CFOs and CTOs and CMOs out there who are just having a difficult time or having really big wins and no one's talking about it. I really don't even know how I fit in your target market because I'm none of those. You're a business owner. Yeah. So that's to you, that's the same level of uh, awareness is being needed as, you know, a chief executive officer of a of a Fortune five hundred company. At the beginning of this podcast, you were talking about you and Matt, how you guys clicked, right? We clicked too. We did, yeah. Like there was hearts everywhere. (laughs) Warm fuzzies. Yes. Total warm fuzzy. We connected on a bunch of different levels. You struck me nothing like someone who deals with insurance. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's something special about that. And then immediately, obviously, we've made a podcast about this on mine, which is like, like, dude, no one's talking about insurance on LinkedIn. Be the guy. Yeah. And yeah. like, and that's it. So like, you don't, it does not need to be an executive, but it could be a business owner and and here's the other piece to it. Executives at established companies maybe, but then business owners who have not yet actually spent on marketing. Mm-hmm. Again, you're an exception there as well because yeah. you were spending on all the wrong stuff in my I mean in both yeah, our opinions. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, like of course. Like your value needs to be realized, so let's get you visible. So for anybody that's listening to this, um, and you get the inbound messages, I get the inbound messages like, hey, I want to do what it is that you do. Um, because They've been following us long enough. There, there's trust built, and they can see based off our confidence on the platform. And we talk openly about results, and and I think we're unflinchingly honest. Again, to use to use your point, you know, somebody like in Evan's position that's that's six months, eight months out. How do they hack the matrix, so to speak, to just step right into the flow state, and and get what we have so richly gotten out of the out of the use of social media you and evan you and matt Mm -hmm. you and i it just started with a conversation right the more conversations you have the more people you're going to meet the more you're going to realize like you're going about it the wrong way the more you're going to realize this is this i am going about the right way the more you're going to realize these are the type of people that i got to talk to and then the more you're going to realize that a lot of people aren't going to give you anything for trying to network Unless you realize that you are in the position of kind of the asker and that you should provide value for them. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's not the like, hey, can I prick your brain type stuff? Yeah. Okay. Like that stuff is out the window. So no veterans, if you're that. listening, there's there's not that. Yeah. It's Rob, I think I, I'm really thinking about getting insurance. I never thought I would say that in my entire life, but somehow you've inspired me to look at that as a way to be of service to people, to help people live fulfilling lives because they know their families are going to be covered under this million-dollar term life insurance policy, and I could protect them from the floods that usually happen in the summertime here in North Carolina because right. of the hurricanes. Right. I never thought that was something I wanted to do, but I'd love to have a conversation with you about it because I'm toying with the idea. I think you're going to have that conversation. Yeah, yeah. If it's Staff Sergeant Cardone who's getting out, like, Rob, I love your content. would love to talk for 15 minutes to get on your calendar. I know you're really slammed. Like, there's a difference. Yeah. So, number one, and Evan said it earlier. It was a huge, huge, huge point, and you don't even know you said it. <laughs> you, you said you know what you don't want. That is so more, so much more important than figuring out what, it, what you want because you're going to be disoriented no matter what, and it doesn't matter what job you land on once you get out. Like chances are you're not going to be there in, in in six to twelve months because you're just like nah, maybe either you weren't ready, maybe you didn't assimilate, or maybe the culture's bad, or maybe you are you know really longing for leadership because you don't have it anymore, especially if you're coming out of the Marine Corps, whatever. 
but that's okay. But knowing what you don't want is really, really going to help. So when everyone's like, dude, I have no idea what I'm going to do when I grow up, mm -hmm. like, just know what you don't want to do. Do you not want to do construction? Cool. Do you not want to be an architect? Cool. Do you not want to do logistics? Cool. Do you not want to work in an Amazon warehouse? Cool. You eventually will be able to be like, okay, now I have 50 things. And eventually it'll be 25 and then seven and then one. And then you're going to find those connections. So let's talk about uh, a dude like Matt. Matt, I don't think I've ever seen you post on LinkedIn. It, at least it hasn't shown up on my feed. That doesn't mean that you haven't. You're not a regular poster, I guess. Is Correct. The no. point I'm trying to make. But you do participate totally regularly in in people's conversations. So, Rich, for the for the person who's watching, for the person who's listening, that is like, <clears throat> I am not going to be a poster for whatever reason. Yep. How do they? still use the system like Matt has to create a real and meaningful relationship. There's zero chance Matt has participated passively without learning things from other people. There's zero chance. Those people, I used to joke, are lurkers, right? Like they're just kind of in the shadows. And that's actually completely okay because you could step up your game on everything mm -hmm. if you find the right people, right? If you follow a Charles Wells or a Rob Renz or Elizabeth Hartman or whoever you want to follow, like you could learn. And how do you connect with people? Like, hello, all Matt needs to do is leave a couple comments in a post of yours or a post of mine. And the next thing is like, who's Matt? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And it's completely <laughs> fine if you're not active because maybe some people are not don't want to be explicit about having a voice, even though they know there's a benefit to it because they still know they could establish relationships in a not so obvious way. Like, we're a little bit different in that way. And there's nothing wrong with that either, obviously. But you've made connections just literally by being part of the platform right that you, you're not stolen you're, you're not you're not not part of the platform because you're not posting it benefits you more but like it still works matt have you grown your business by being on linkedin the way that you use it no 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 i would i would say the only value true value that i've gotten as far as impact for my business development is just actually making a connection well, you know, we, we had uh, Dave Polaris on from the Honor Foundation, and he made a great point. He was like, your medals and ribbons after service are the relationships that you make. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's <laughs> such a great line. Yeah, um, You've made a ton of great relationships. So I wouldn't say you haven't gotten any value out of it. Um, maybe it hasn't hit the bank account, but... No, no, no. And don't get me wrong. I didn't mean to say that I yeah. didn't get value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as far as being able to see the bottom line, hey, right. look, Matt started engaging on LinkedIn in April of 18 and look look at the, you know, the revenue and the profit margin since then. Yeah. But no, absolutely. On the relationship side, I mean, look at me and you. Yeah. And sometimes those relationships take time to develop to lead to money in the bank account. But Rich, I bring that point up because you and I, we we are up at equally insane hours of the morning every day. And you're the first, I mean, I, Rich is posting on Instagram and LinkedIn at four twelve every morning. And it's always the same story. And I can't start my day because he goes even on Sundays. And it's like four twelve, the calculator right there, or the, the, the clock right there. And I'm like, Oh, I got a guy. Rich beat me today. But anyways, it's a, a fun little game that I play with myself that you guys now know about. Um, where I was going with this is you and I will screen grab, people and we'll just text it to each other and be like bro you're doing it wrong the pitcher you know and so what is the value rich of doing it matt's way versus connect accept slide in the dms 14 you know paragraphs worth of hey i just want to get to know you but here's everything you need to know about my sales pitch signal fire media mm -hmm. doesn't exist if matt's not on linkedin that's true like, it's not about the money, right? Like, you don't have to use it to drive your business. Right. You could use it to get a great guest on a podcast. Yeah. Which is exactly what I did the other day. I saw an ex-Googler. She's launched all these different companies. I'm like, I just saw your post at Rocked My World. I'd love to have you on the podcast. She's like, okay. So there's a use, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't have to be financially lucrative, especially clearly Matt values relationships. And maybe his manner of business development is different. You could take LinkedIn off the table altogether and our, our, the way we do business is probably going to be completely different. And that's completely okay. So I've very much learned like not to judge by the way people use it. Now, if you're a client of mine, it's a different story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're getting it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, because, because it's important because, because that, that ROI question is always going to come. If you had money at stake, it'd be a very different, I think, right? Like right. if you were like, you know what I'm saying? You are participating... 
you are participating almost in a leisurely way, but you're making relationships off it. That's, a, that's completely fine. So on the veteran side or business owner side or whatever it is, all those relationships just equate to social capital. Mm-hmm. And it's a different capital, but it's still capital. Yeah, eventually. I think, you know, once you have people in a relationship funnel, at some point something falls through. Yeah. You know? Yes. Um, and, and so whether you're using it like you and I use it, I, I use it to market my brand. And that creates customers, but it also creates relationships, you know, and same way with you. So, you know, the encouragement is we kind of wrap things up here. If you're watching this, Rich, how do they get in touch with you? What's what what is next steps if people want to engage with you? Uh, Rich, just at Rich Cardona on on LinkedIn. Obviously, I have like the baddest COO on the planet. So uh, connect with her too, Eliza, uh, you know, she she and I equally just fall all over ourselves for our clients you do uh, so it's it's really it's really really important that people understand that uh some of this what they see of you and i or whatever is is really time consuming yeah it's really time consuming i just had a and and i don't mean to take us further but i was on with a guy who works at cushman and wakefield today he's like dude i really want to do what you guys are doing i'd love to have a conversation i'm like okay he's like my coworkers are telling me like hey man like it's in the budget you could start your own brand and I told him, he's like, but I feel really indulgent. He's like, I'm humble to a fall. And I'm like, dude, just check out this podcast Rob and I talked about. Yeah. Like, don't don't hide behind the indulgence thing. And, and I get, again, it's the same thing, which is you are not helping as many people as you can be. Yeah. If if you are not in it, if you're in it for altruistic reasons, then it, you are going to have the impact you want. So anyway, uh, Rich Car- Rich Cardona and then Eliza Delgado. Well, I think next time we have you on, dude, I want to unpack that a little bit more because the discipline around being consistent is staggering like dude you and i have both this year gotten to points where we were completely exhausted and we're like i i we just got to check out (laughs) for a little while you know so um let's put that as a topic for the next one you know maintaining the discipline and the consistency to show up every day to spend time on the platform rich dude thank you so much for being here man thank you guys thank you yeah all right Ladies and gentlemen, that does it for another episode of Signal Fire Radio. On behalf of my very good friend, Evan the Muscle Hamster Anderson and Matt, I wear a tie-dye t-shirt, my lot, new nickname every single day. Go out and do something amazing today. Text a friend, text a buddy, get on the phone, call them, ask them how they're doing, go make a connection, and be a Signal Fire.